This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you very much. Um, the first year that I'm giving, um, since I had COVID, I was totally out of circulation for the last two weeks. And, um, Hashem, I'm able to be here tonight to give a share. Thank you for my taste coming back and my smell coming back. For my tongue, the present that God gives us every day. Um, I had fever for two weeks. Not a high fever, a low fever. But it's mamish when you're when you're not 98.6, when your temperature is not normal, and it's a little bit off, everything is off. Headache, appetite, you have no kayak. And we walk around our whole life, 98.6, the oven's working not too hot, not too cold. And um, you have to give a shot by that you're healthy, that every moment that you're healthy, that your temperature is not even a little bit off. A little bit off, throw everything off. Anyway, Baruch Hashem, Schus of Chazak, this is the shul that Rabbi Wallstein began speaking long time ago. I believe 2007. First time that I came here, Koyakov's actually, um, one of the Koyakov's children's name is Zachariah, after me. Um, very nice to have your name. I'm an Ashkenazi. Only after you pass into the next world to get your name in this world. It was very nice to have my name in this world almost a lot. So, Baruch Hashem, this is the this is the room that it that it really all started in. And Chazak um, is an amazing, amazing organization. I know there's a lot of people watching, and um, you should give them all the chizik financially, spiritually, emotionally that you can. They do amazing work. They do it totally for Hashem and for Klai Yisrael. Tonight, we're learning with Ilanishmas Nisan ben Tadina and Bechabaris ben Tamara. Um, I'd also like to mention an organization that Chazak and myself, um, they help us very, very much. It's run by Dr. Jonathan Donat. Um, it's called dailygiving.org. And, um, he came up with this brilliant idea that you should give a dollar a day. Nobody's going to be broken financially from giving a dollar a day. Um, you should give a dollar a day, which, which ends up being, I think, $365 a year. And um, he came up, they came up with this idea, and they're going to help many different organizations. Um, at this point, they have 4,870 people giving a dollar a day. Now, that's not a lot of people. 5,000 people. Okay, Clydesdale has millions, right? 5,000 people. But at $4,870 a day, a year, that equals $1.75 million. So at this point, they're giving out $1.75 million to, I think, 70 different tzedakos. It happens to be that Chazak is one of them. Um, the Ranch of Bethel is another one of them. Um, so therefore, whoever can join this organization... Um, we're at 4,870 people. We'd like to be at another 130 people tonight, which would bring us to 5,000 people. 
Um, that would be amazing. And all you need to do is go online to dailygiving.org. Okay? So that would be amazing if um, he calls me tomorrow and says we're at 5,000. I'll know that somebody was listening to me tonight. Outside my wife. She promised that she's going to tune in and listen. So, Baruch Hashem. Um, there's a story that I say every year um, about Pesach. I actually didn't get to say it last year. Imagine a year ago, everybody who's listening and watching and was in this room, a year ago, we were on total 100% lockdown. We weren't allowed to have anyone. Shuls were all closed. Shuls were all closed a year ago today. Um, you could not have anybody at the Seder. Um, you pretty much couldn't even go out shopping. The world was in complete darkness. And Baruch Hashem, a year later, um, science knows nothing. Um, I can tell you that after going through COVID, they said, this can't happen, that happened. This can't happen, that can't happen. They really don't know what they're talking about. Um, it's not about science. It's about Kutch Baruch Hu. And until the world says, we just went through this in the 10 Makos, and um, it's exactly what happened, it's happening in COVID, what happened in the midstream in the Makos. And Moshe Abedo said, oh, you're in big trouble. We're going to bring blood to, the, to Egypt. Everyone's going to be down. And the Egyptians and uh, Paro, the CDC of the tribe said, we got the science. We have, we have the magic. We can, you can make blood. We can make blood. Okay, they made blood. Moshe Abeno said, you don't got the science. We're going to bring Tzvadeo. We're going to bring frogs. Really? You don't think you're, we have magicians? We can do the same thing you do. And they brought frogs. And when they went through, probably by life, they said, Esbalakim. Uh, we thought we had this thing taken care of. Now there's a South African variant. South American variant, red faster, it's different. We don't know if the if the uh, all the stuff that we have is going to either work against it. And they went through Israel until finally they realized that it has nothing to do with science. It has to do with God. The virus, if anyone here knows anything about biology, is hundreds, maybe millions of times smaller than a bacteria. Viral. It's that much smaller than bacteria. So this whole disease is coming from a world that we don't see. That our five senses, our five senses that we have, Hashem gave us, have no no effect on it. We can't see it, we can't smell it, we can't hear it, we can't taste it, and we can't feel it. It's from a world that the human being wasn't given the senses to be able to see it. Let's look under a microscope. So the world can be full of science and vaccines and definitely should take a vaccine. You don't want to go through getting COVID. I can tell you that. You just take your vaccine. But is the vaccine going to work? It's not going to work. It's not going to work unless you believe in Hashem. If you believe in Hashem, it's going to work amazing. If you understand that the science that they're calling science is really what Hashem has given us to understand, then, then it definitely anything will work. Everything will work. If you believe that it's man-made, that people can fix something like this, then you'll end up with some politicians who said, God made this and I'll fix it. He's not in a very good place right now. He's actually trying to fix himself. So so we have to understand that that everything is from Akash Baruch Hu and that Etzba Elokehi, this is, this is not an enemy, these are not the Russians, this is not the Chinese, these are not bombs and nuclear. We were all worried about nuclear warfare. Um, I heard on the news today that more people in America died from COVID, that 500 and something thousand people died from COVID than soldiers, American soldiers in World War II 
Vietnam and Korea. I always thought World War II, they lost millions of people. More Americans died in the last year than in fighting in World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam War. Those were wars with tanks and airplanes and bombs and missiles and mines and TNT and wow. And I think, well, it's like, it doesn't have to be bombs and it doesn't have to be enemies. It can come from, whether it came from a bat, it didn't come from a bat, even if it did come from a bat, imagine that such a thing can come from a little, from a, a, a bat into the human being and it didn't come till now, all these years. It didn't happen, but to think about that also, even according to us, the world is, is, is 5,781 years old. We were the bats 2,000 years ago. How come this didn't happen? Right? So there's a husband. And people have to think about that. That To get all the man-made stuff and all the, all the yes, you have to thank Hashem 100% that there is a vaccine. Baruch Hashem, there is a vaccine. And Baruch Hashem, there's all these different medicines that they came up with. That's all Rachmim of Hashem. Hashem didn't want to be a vaccine. If you know vaccine, people would be dropping like flies. It, 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 it would be terrible. So, who wants us to, to see him through this? And the people are walking around and saying, it's the science, it's this, it's the mask. Yes, you do need to wear the mask. You do need to do whatever you can. The person has to, a person halachically, according to the Torah, has to do whatever they can to be healthy, not to smoke, not to be overweight, to eat correct, whatever a person has to do in the midst of the Torah, so you, you have to be normal. And if, you know, not wearing a mask, someone else is going to catch it from you, then you don't have a right not to wear a mask. You have to care about other people. You wouldn't put your hand in someone else's pocket, take something out of it. So, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, anything that happens in the world is in a shemayim. And you need to know that's where it's coming from. And if you know that's where it's coming from, that was the problem with the Mitzrayim. That's why they didn't, they, they, they were able to copy a lot of the things that Moshe Rabbeinu did. And that made them believe that in, they didn't call it the science, they called it the magic. They believed in magic. They were the biggest cartoonmen in the world. They were the biggest magicians in the world. They believed in magic. And they believed that their magic would protect them from life for being able to get out of the science. But it didn't work. So medicine is medicine, but medicine is just the shliach of Hashem. And we need to know that. And that's why there's a tool I didn't bring with me. When you take medicine, you're supposed to say, this is a message from Hashem. Hashem used this medicine to, to make you feel better. Okay. So that's my talk on COVID. I didn't really think about it much. That's really my feelings about it. And I think that if the world comes to the conclusion that it's from Hashem, Hashem will make it go away faster than it came. Amen. Hashem. Amen. All right. So I am going to talk about Pesach. Huh? And it happens to be that you ne- I don't, I didn't talk to Rabbi Mansour. I didn't know what he was going to talk about at all. Um, but I find it always that it's very much when two rabbis who didn't talk to each other about what they're going to speak about end up, end up talking about the same thing. Okay. So we're going to talk about Pasha's bowl, right? I heard Boku says the following. It is in Pashik Dalid Perikidawa. Mayoma Moshe. Moshe says, Koaman Hashem. So says Hashem. Around midnight. I didn't say exactly midnight because one guy's watching. You go, ah! See, Hashem was a minute off. So Hashem wasn't taking a chance that somebody's watch was a little bit off. He said, like midnight. 
Yotzei B'Soich Mitzrayim. Hashem says, I, myself, myself, no angels, no messengers, I am going to, myself, go into Mitzrayim, and I am going to destroy all the firstborn of the Mitzrayim. And, Kleistro, I want you to know that at midnight, I want you to have your, be dressed, belts on, shoes on, sticks in your hands, and you should eat it in a rush. Now, we all know, the one thing your parents always tell you when you're eating is don't eat in a rush. Eat your food slowly, chew it, digest it. What's this chipazon? It says Rashi. The chipazon. Rashan Baholo. Wow. is like, wow. Umihiris, like like a moment, like a awesome moment. What does this what does this mean? An awesome moment. What what's going on over here? Very, very beautiful story, and a very, very beautiful medrash, and a Kavayashar, whoever listens to my shiurim, the Kavayashar that I learn every single year, but I didn't do it last year because of the situation. So listen carefully. What is this chipazon? Says the Medish. When someone goes out on a date with a girl, right, goes on one day, two days, three days, so you can ask the question like, and, and many girls ask their the or their friend, like, when did you know like, when did you know he was the right one? When did you know she was the right one? Like, you went out with so many girls. Like, how did you know? When did you know she was the right one? First date, third date, tenth date. Some guys have problems committing. Twenty-fifth date. Like, some guys are still going out. Didn't commit yet. Twenty-five years. Like, when did you know? So everybody's different. No, no. I think I knew on my second date. I asked her how many kids she wants to have. She said, are you proposing? I'm like, no, no, no. But like, I think I sort of knew on my second date. Some people on their 10th date. Some people on their 8th date. Some people, when they walk in the room, they're like, I, I think that's my wife. Okay, those guys, they need a little help. Or something. Like, like, how do you know? Like, just by looking across the room. But I think that might be her. But there's a moment you just know. Just know. There's another moment. So some people might think I'm a little weird. Actually, a lot of people think I'm a little weird. But when I go to a wedding, um, if I don't have a bracha on the chuppah or I'm not, or I'm not uh, an aide or something like that, I slip up towards the chuppah. When the when the when the boy puts the ring on the girl's finger, the halacha is that you have to lift the veil of the girl. He has to see her face because what happened with Rachel and Leah? He might be putting on the ring of the girl's best friend because she chickened out. But he has to make sure it's her. So they lift her veil, 
and she puts on her right index finger, and he holds the he holds the ring in his five fingers, which is the hay. The hay is the five fingers. So she puts out her index finger is the yud. Hashem's name has to be put together when a person gets married. So the hay is the five fingers of the boy. The yud is the index finger of the girl. And I always tell the boy, don't break her finger because the, the, the ring is supposed to go on her ring finger. But when you get married, they put it first on the index finger. And the guy's pushing it. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not going to fit. You're going to break her finger. Right? You just put it on the finger. So the, the hay and the finger is the yud. And then when he gives her the ksuba, the word ksuba is kav, kav, vav, vav, hay, which spells kasav, vav, hay. So the yud, hay of Hashem's name is the five fingers and the index finger. And the vav, hay is when he gives her the ksuba, kasav, vav, hay. That's how Hashem's name is put together. There's a certain look when he breaks the glass and they lift your veil because now they're married and for the first second they look at each other and there's a certain look that you just can never get again it's like wow we're married and then and it was jumping on you and you kiss your mother you kiss your father and you kiss everybody and it was jumping and and the lady's trying to get the girl's uh, thing straightened out that it doesn't fall off and all her friends are jumping, everyone's jumping with me. But there's one moment before the face goes nuts when he breaks the glass and they look at each other and there's no one else in the world. Just the two of them. That's it. And the reason that I go up to watch that is that it says that when Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to be standing, he's the chasam. On the top of Yerushalayim by the Kotel. And the Jewish nation, the Kala, is going to march. We're going to, set. We're going to march, all of us together. We're going to march to the Chassam. And all the Goyim are going to be like the people at the Chuppah in their chairs that stand up when you walk in. They're all going to be standing on the sides. And that look, for the first time after all the Golas, after Mashiach, when God looks at us and we look at him, for that moment, there's no one else in the world. There's nothing else in the world. There's God and us. And to understand what that could look like, when I go to a wedding, I try to get that look when they look at each other. It's an amazing look. There's no one else in the world. It's unbelievable. On the night of Pesach, this chipazon explains the Mandrish was a moment when God knew this is her. This is the nation I want to be married to. It was a moment around midnight. Where God said to the angels, I now realize this moment, says Rashi, Baha'u'llah, wow, it's her. Happened Pesach night. 
So the angel said, like, I would ask my friend, God, why her? Klaisro wasn't a good nation at that point. They were on the 49th level of Toma. The Mitzrim, the Egyptians, were on the 49th level of Toma. They were both on the same level. So you got two girls in the room, and the guy says, Oh my God, that's her. And standing right next to her is just as beautiful a girl. So the friend says to him, what, Why her? Why not her? Why is she any more special than her? So the, the angels asked Hashem, One second, the Jews are on the 49th level, and they are slaves. The Mitzrim are on the 49th level, and they are masters. If you're going to choose one of them, Choose the master, not the slave. And Hashem said to Medrash, beautiful Medrash, no explanation. That's who I chose. I choose. And I'm going into Mitzrayim and I'm taking my kala out with me. And the angel said, you can't. And Hashem said, why not? And the angel said, because you are a Kohen. Medrash. You are a Kohen. And Mitzrayim is full of tumult. Full of Avodah You can't go to Mitzrayim. So Hashem said, there's a law that if there's truma in a, a Kohen is not allowed to go into a, a graveyard. But if there's holy truma in the graveyard, and it's in a, a, a clay vessel, therefore it's not Tomei, the Kohen can become Tomei in order to save the Truma. So Hashem said, I am willing to go into Mitzrayim, become Tomei to save the Jewish nation. So the Malachim said to Hashem, but if you become Tomei, how are you going to become Tahar? Who's going to make you Tahar? And I don't understand the Medjish. The Medjish says, Hashem said, Aaron, I call him. Whatever that means, how Aaron will make Hashem Tahar, I don't know. But that's what it says. So the Malachim, the angels came up with a brilliant idea. And they said to Hashem, okay, you're in love. You fell in love with these guys, even though they're low lives and they're in the 49th level of Toma. We will go for you. We'll meet you. Brilliant. The Malachim angels. We'll meet you outside Mitzrayim. We'll take the Jews out of Mitzrayim. So you don't have to come into Mitzrayim, to the graveyard. And we'll meet you outside Mitzrayim. Actually, we'll take them to Harsinai. We'll meet you in Harsinai. Okay, it sounds good. And Hashem said, could you imagine a chassan, a guy who wants to get engaged to a girl, instead of him getting down on one knee and saying, will you marry me? He sends his friend and says, you get down on one knee and ask her if she'll marry me. That's not going to fly. That's not going to fly at all. At least the girls that I know are going to say like, if he wants to marry me, let him come and ask me. Don't you be sending your friend. Hashem said, no, 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 no. I'm not sending you guys in to take the Jews to meet me. You know, meet me at the mountain. You know, my friend said you should meet me at the, at, you know, at, at the restaurant. No. I'm going in there. I need a little malach. I need a little shliach. I need a little sarof. 
no messengers, no emails, no written invitations. I will go and take them out myself. And that's the Pusik I quoted. Moshe Rabbeinu repeated that Hashem said, I am coming into Mitzrayim to take you out. What about the Jews? It's a beautiful love story, but it sounds very one-sided. I don't know if I would, that's such a good shit. Like, the Chassan is so in love with the Kala, but where do you see that the Kala, Yisrael, is in love with God? So the proposal, I don't think would fly in this shul. I don't think it would fly anywhere. Hashem comes to the Kawa. Imagine you you go to a girl, you get engaged, and, she, and you're like, um, listen, I don't have any bracelets for you, sorry. Uh, don't have a watch. I didn't buy you a ring. And I don't really have anything. Sorry, I have nothing to give you. Nothing? Like? A 25 cent ring you get in the candy 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 machine? Nope. Leif, Tate, Leif, go with me into the wilderness. Leif, Teg, Acharai, Amidbar. I'm not taking you to a five star hotel. I'm not taking you to a, a beautiful restaurant, the Colmo, or some other beautiful, nice restaurant. The good Friday food. They take Akharai by Midbar. I'm taking you into a desert with nothing. And you know what the Jewish nation, this beautiful Kala said? I don't need a ring. I don't need a bracelet. I don't need Como. I don't need a restaurant. I don't need a hotel. I don't need a honeymoon. You want to take me into the desert with you? I'll go with you into the desert. Wow, what a relationship. It's a night. What's going to be in the desert? We're going to have a seven-course meal, lamb chop steak. Midbar shade by my hand. There's no water in the midbar. There's no food. You're going to eat the dough on your back. They didn't know they were getting mud. And Christwell said, we love you so much. This moment is so great. We don't really care. We trust you. I know such a story. I know a real life story. Where this girl, she was very young. And um, she wanted to get engaged to this boy. And this boy had a name that he was very wealthy. And his parents were very worried that she was after his money. But she didn't really like him. But she heard the, kid, the guy's parents are very wealthy. So they decided to set up a test without the boy knowing. So he brings his girl home, meet his parents. And his father says to him, so um, how are you going to make a living? He was all of 19. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I'll come work for you, dad. Well, I said, me, I don't need any workers. I have no room for you in my business. You never went to college. You just finished high school. You have absolutely no ability to make a dollar. Like, how, how do you intend to support this young girl? 
Where do you have a right to even be at the table right now? You, you have, I'm not giving you any money and I don't have a job for you. So this little whippersnapping girl, all of 17 years old, turns to this guy's father and says, it's not your problem, mister. I ain't going to marry your son. I trust him. You figured out how to make money? He'll figure out how to make money. When the father heard this little girl say this, he said, Molotov, you're engaged. I know the story for true. 100% true. This is what happened that night. Shem said, I'm taking you to the midbar, no water. What are you going to eat? Matzah. They had a bunch of promises. Israel, sounds good. They were never in Israel. They were, they were, they were Aladdin. Land of flowing milk and honey. They didn't have any of that. No, I'm taking you to the midbar. They pick Akhara by midbar. No jewelry. No promises of any greatness. Kaiso said, God, like this little girl, we trust you. You got our back. We're not worried about it. What a crazy night. It never, ever happened after. And it never happened before. And you ever wonder why you see us with trying is so big? That you have to say Kriyashma three times a day. We're always talking about Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. Why is it so big? Okay, we got Mitzrayim. We were slaves for 210 years. The blacks were slaves for longer than they're at. There were, there were slaves in the old days. The Jews were slaves for longer in Europe and other places. And they're out. So big. Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. So big. None of us were in Mitzrayim. We don't remember Mitzrayim. Bunch of Egyptians, sphinxes. Why is it so big? You know how big it is? That in the first of the Ten Commandments, it says, I am God. I can gather the tribe. What do you mean? Hashem should say, I am God who created the world. If you're opening up the Ten Commandments, you should be saying, I'm God, I created the world. Then Hashem says, I'm God. I took you out of the triumph. What's this out of the triumph business? The answer is, it's not the out of Mitzrayim. It's the moment where Hashem said, now I know it's them. And we said, now we know it's him. That's what you have to say three times a day. So listen to this amazing, beautiful story that I tell my children every Pesach Seder night. And I saw it. The story I didn't see in the in the Kaliyasha. Then I'll read you. I'll read you the Kaliyasha. We'll end with that. So in the olden days, tonight's a big night with the Queen of England. Uh, you got some ice is going on with her, with the whole English chefa that uh, that persecuted the Jews in the Crusades. So. In the times of the kings and queens, it was a very big thing to marry off princes to princesses from different countries, and that way they would bring the two countries together. So the king and queen of a country died, and they left over a son, a prince, and he was now of age of getting married. 
there was a very beautiful princess in a faraway land. And they made sure enough that these two are going to get married. These two countries, a huge country, are going to end up being put together. It's going to become like Mamish half the world. They're going to be a huge country. So they prepared him to go meet the princess from the other country and bring her home to get married in his country. And then there would be one big country. So he goes, they put him in this beautiful carriage with his foot soldiers. And now they're going to go across the continent to go meet this beautiful princess to get married, to bring her back. And they're traveling and they're traveling. Three days in, they're in a forest. And they come to a crossroad and a tree had fallen across the road. So the carriage was blocked and couldn't go. And the king's, the prince's, Soldiers were now trying to pry this tree and move it so that they could continue. And he's sitting in his carriage, and the window was open. The viceroy, number two, is sitting next to him. And all of a sudden, a hand, pretty dirty, filthy hand full of mud, comes out of the ground to the window. And he hears a voice. Sir, sir, please. Arms for the poor. Could I get a pence? Could I get a pence? Strange, a hand by the window. He looks down. Sees this girl. Maybe not a girl. He's not sure. Laying in the mud. Full of mud. Just your hand sticking up. Please, sir, just a pence. Just a pence. He never saw anything like this. He lived at a, he lived at a castle. No, so anything looking like this peasant in the dirt. And he says, excuse me, please stand up. And all the soldiers, they don't know. They think it's an assassin. And they run over him. And they pick her up. But it's not an assassin. It's a peasant girl, head to toe mud, lice. Ooh, disgusting. Filthy, torn clothing. And the prince, this beautiful, handsome guy, looks at her and says, what are you? I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry for bothering you. Just depends. Just depends for the poor. I'm sorry. Go on your way. Just depends. He says, I did not know there was such poverty in my kingdom. Please come into the carriage and tell me about yourself. And the vice was like, sir, this is a carriage. This is a beach. You can't sit in this. And he says, okay, okay, put a towel down, put something down. So they pick her up, and the guy's like, he looks at her and says, what, who are you? She says, I'm really not important. I just want a pants. Please, please, I'm not important. No, but just tell me a little bit about it. So she goes, well, my mother and father died when I was very young, and nobody took care of me, and I live in the streets, and I live in the mud, and I just I try to collect a little money so I can eat. I haven't eaten in three days. just depends. And he takes a look at her face. I, I love this story by me. And he looks at her face and he stares at her eyes. And he says, I can't leave you like this. Soldiers, take us back to the castle. The vice was like, sure. You may have read the book Romeo and Juliet, but that's not what's happening here. You are a prince. 
you are the next king. You are on your way to marry a princess so our two countries can be together. You cannot take this peasant back to our country. There will be a rebellion. You will lose your kingship. He said, am I the prince? Yes. Do you have to listen to me? Yes, but I can advise you very much against this. Turn the carriage around! Now! All right, prince is the prince. And they turned the carriage around. And they were supposed to be gone for weeks, and the carriage is back, and everyone in the streets are talking. The king is back, can't be back with the princess from so far. What's that thing sitting in the carriage? And everyone's talking about the thing in the carriage. And she steps out of the carriage and he brings her into the palace. And his mother is the queen who used to be alive, now alive anymore. All her women that took care of her are like, what is going on? Everyone's like, what is that? And he says to the women that took care of his mother, take her, shower her, bathe her, clean her, cut her hair, clean her hair, put on makeup, put on a gown. Tonight at 8 o'clock, I want her to be in the dining room with me for dinner. And everyone's like, his advisors are like, you cannot do this. This is not some story. This is, you're a king. This is not a little, you're not a little boy anymore. And they're giving him muster and stuff, and he's not listening. Eight o'clock, he sits down. Of course, there's a very long table. The viceroy's there. The people of the royal family are sitting there. And in walks the most beautiful girl ever to step into that palace. Magnificent! In a gown with her hair made, with jewels, with her makeup, with her shoes. And they're all staring, their eyes are bulging No, 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 that can't be her. Who's this? And he gets up all proud of himself. He says, oh, it's her. You see, you couldn't see through the mud. But I took a good long look at her eyes and her face and her features. I knew this beauty was underneath all that. Oh, it's her. He pulls the chair out. She sits down. And he's so proud of himself. And they're like, okay, they bring the food out. But she's a peasant. She doesn't know what a fork or a spoon or a napkin is. And she just puts her hands in the soup and puts her hands in the food. And she's eating like a peasant. And there's food all over the table. There's food all over her dress. And the vice was like, you can't take the peasant out of the peasant. She can never be a queen in this palace or this country. She's a peasant. And he turns to the viceroy and he says, oh, you're so wrong. It'll take a year. We'll teach you how to be royal. And it took a year. And they got married. And she was very royal. She knew exactly how to sit. She knew how to be in court. She knew how to eat. She knew how to walk. She knew how to be a queen. And became the best queen 
ever in the country because she understood the poor. Because she was once one of them. Her Wallstein, nice story. Maybe she'd be on Broadway. What does that have to do with Pesach? Says the Medrash. The Malachan said to Hashem, What are you doing? You're the king of all kings. Why are you connecting yourself to this filthy, dirty, slave, peasant nation on the 49th level of dirt of Toma of Abedizara? You're the king of kings. This is not Romeo and Juliet. This is your nation forever. And Hashem said, you're right. She's filthy. She's She's on the 49th level of Toma. One more level, she'll never come out. But angels of above, I see more than you. I see Kleisrell's features. I see their beauty. I see through all the dirt. But they're not loyalty, they're servants. Oh yeah. Gonna take 49 days from the Trion till Harsinai. And after those 49 days, Going to Hashinai and learning the 613 etiquettes of what it means to be Hashem's wife. What it means to be royalty. What it means to be Kleisrov. It's going to take 40 years of the Midbar, of Mon, of the Muna, of everything else you're going to have to go through. So they can come into the land of Israel. And the Malachi said, God, you're making the biggest mistake, the viceroys. The Satan and all the angels said, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. You're marrying filth and dirt. You're marrying peasants. You're marrying Avadim. What are you doing, Hashem? Says the Kabayasha, ladies and gentlemen. Listen very carefully, and you'll understand the whole story. Very connected to Rabbi Eli Mansour, even though I did not know what he was going to talk about. That the night of Pesach was the night of the Kiddushin, the Sheva Brothers. I could not believe what was coming out of his mouth when I was sitting there. I could not believe it because I didn't talk to him about him before tonight. And he's talking about the Luchos and everything's broken. I'm like, wow, I guess we're on two different. And then all of a sudden he's like, and till you get to the matzah that's broken in half, which is the marriage of the Jews and, 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 and Hashem, you have to have the Sheva Brothers. And I'm like, oh my God. Eli Mansour, and that's why I screamed that. He was Rosh Hakodesh. How did you know what I was going to talk about? <laughs> Says the Kavayasha, listen to this beauty. So it says the following. Shahari Boisai Lion on the night of Pesach. This is a Zayara meeting first. This Ayrer, it awakened the nymphs of Zivug Eliana Kadesh. And the zivug is when a man and woman are alone in a bedroom together. That one moment where they're together as one, that's called zivug. And on the night of Pesach, says Isaiah, Hu Hashem. The night of Pesach by the Seder, that's the night of the zivug between Klaishro and Hashem. Whoa, scary. And therefore, listen carefully, no one knows this. 
When you set the table, ladies and gentlemen, when you set the table for the Seder, when you set the table for the Seder, which is very holy, the main foot you should have, that you setting the table for God. God forbid that your non-Jewish maid should ever set your Seder table. God forbid. You should never, ever set your Seder table. It must be a Jewish woman that sets the table. Listen to this. You ready? It's much better. That the woman who sets your table should be Tahar, she shouldn't be a need at that time. When we call Shekin, even better than that, it should be set by a young girl, who never had a period. But the girl who sets your table, or a boy that sets your table, the table should be set by someone who was never tame by a boy, or never tame by a girl. Never tame! Not that she's a, a woman and she's not tame at this moment. But he said, even better with a girl under 12 who never had a period. That's how holy the table has to be set. I ran Pesach program and I felt very bad, but I used to take all the dishes off the table and reset it because it was set by a, a waitress that wasn't Jewish. We took a whole place, put them on a chair, and then we reset the table. Nothing on the level of setting it yourself at your house. Now listen to this. Says the Kavanati. The Kach Nehe Mayri Rebbe. And this was the meaning of my Rebbe. Lapsrat of the Sula to find a young girl, Shalai Rosai Dainji, that she never had a period, that she was never an Eva in her life. This rabbi used to go find a young girl to set his table. Why? Why is it so holy? So here is a Zoya that talks about my story. To turn up the Khmer Baisa that the night of Pesach, you need to be very happy. God forbid to sit there and say, when's the food coming? When's the food coming? When are you going to finish? Listen, say it by, you, all your kids come with the advice with their books. You don't got no patience. Like, say it by the meal. Say it by the meal so you can go to sleep while they're saying it. But what are you saying? You're talking about the chasm. And guess what? The chasm's coming to hear what you have to say. Imagine a girl is married or engaged and the guy appears by the window and he wants to hear what she's saying to her friends. And her friend's like, tell me about it. Is he handsome? Is he cute? Is he smart? Does he have dimples? And the girl's like, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. Let's just get, let's go, let's get, let's get to eat. And the guy says, what? Yeah, is he smart? No, let's just eat something. I don't want to talk about it. That's what happens when you rush your Seder. Hashem comes with the malachim and you're like, I don't want to talk about him. Talk about the Torah after we eat. We got to eat. We got to get to the mountain. We, we, we're shukhan all right, all son. Very very mocked in Hatzai's song, son. We gotta be there by Hatzai's. This is what he says. I can't tell if Lehman will finish. I can't tell if Lehman. Shoot the Shabbat, Shabbat, sing the songs of that night, Manishkana, all the different songs. Chagadu, whatever you sing, the Simcha of Megillah with happiness. The loyal Harry Shumlei Ragas. Don't be rushed. Now I'm gonna read you the Zaya. The same Zaya writes the following. That everybody has to talk about leaving the shrine. By the way, not only leaving the shrine, but your shrine. What did you go through this 
things here. When did you feel like you were a slave to your technology, your drugs, your girls, your music, I don't know, whatever you're a slave to? Like you wouldn't even try it. How'd you get out of it? How'd you try to get out of it? Do you feel free? Where's your materials for trying? You didn't want to go to Dobbin every day. You ran out. But now you're like, what am I running? I'm running to the curse. I shame curses. We have to go to work. So I'm running to the curse. So what am I doing? So a person has to talk about their stuff. Maybe you had an addiction. You got out of your addiction. What for sham? Maybe you got out of your technology. Maybe. I don't know what it is. You stop watching movies. I don't know what your addiction was, but we all have our own Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim comes from where Mitzrayim. It comes from being squeezed. I felt like I was squeezed this year. But Hashem, Hashem unsqueezed me. I could not get easier. I got past COVID. Whatever it is, like, thank you, Hashem. I was in the trying this year. I got out of the trying. I was two weeks in bed. I could lift my head out of my pillow. That's the trying. Thank God, Hashem. I'm out of the trying. I could come to this beautiful Kahilla over here and speak tonight. I'm out of the trying. So it's not only about the, that the trying, it's about, what about your trying? Okay. While you're talking about it, listen to this. God gathered all those angels, all those guys that said, Leave her in the mud. She's disgusting. She's ugly. She's she's a peasant. Leave her in the mud. All the Malachim, they're still around. They don't die. So she said, Guys, remember the girl you told me in Kleisrow, how ugly they were, how low they are? I want you to see what they look like now. So Isaac is both of Global Shalom. He gathers all the angels that talk bad about us. Why will him? Come with me. The Shimon Sibur Hashem Hashem's maidens are going to be Come listen to them. How nicely they talk about me. As one Gulam, all the angels have to come. All of them bad mouth us, right? It said the princess in the mud peasant. And they are forced to admit to God all the miracles that happened. And they all have to admit about the holy nation, Israel, that live on this world, that they were wrong about. Because Hashem looked at us and he saw through all the mud. Just make him a sickle that we're sitting and talking about God. And what happens when we do this, everyone? It gives Hashem, and I explained to you what this means, so it's very hard to understand. We give God strength and honor. We give Kayach to Hashem. And all the worlds are fear God. The question is does anyone in this room think that we could give God strength? Like, we need my strength? What does that mean? What does it mean that we give God strength by? And the answer is beautiful. Because many times the Malachim come and tell Hashem, get rid of the Jews, look at them, they do this, they cheat, they do that, they do this, they're no good, they don't appreciate you, they don't say thank you, they bad us. So Hashem says, what are you talking about? You made this mistake once before you said she's ugly and she's no good, and you see I was right, she's beautiful. So as long as we prove that that's true, it gives Hashem strength to answer our enemies that are saying that we're no good. Hashem said, what do you mean? These are the people that you were saying we're no good. They are good. So it gives Hashem strength to answer them back. That's what's going on the night of Pesach. 
Let's see. Wow. That's a different Seder. That's a different Seder altogether. And I told Rabbi Mansour on his way out, you know why Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned? In, you know, he's not mentioned in the whole Haggadah? Isn't that terrible? Like, he's the main actor. He's the main guy in the whole Shmos, right? He went to, he went to Pyro, 10 plagues, putting in the Amsur. He's not in the Haggadah. You know who's in the Haggadah? Pyro many times. Lavan. All the bad guys. With Moshe. It says one time when you're saying by Moshe because that's part of you have to say that, but it doesn't talk about him at all. Why? So a great rabbi said that once the couple gets married, they don't talk about the shafin anymore. Once I got married to my wife, hey, I talk about the shafin and sit down like, oh, the shafin, who talks about the shafin? The shafin put it together. Once you're married, there's no shafin. On the night of Pesach, it's just a zebra between us and God. When a husband and wife are in a bedroom together, right, alone, they're not talking about, remember the shachin we had? They're talking about each other. And how much they love each other. They're not talking about the shachin. Therefore, Moshe Ben has no place in the Haggadah. Not on the night of Pesach. You want to talk about him all year, talk about him all year. But in the Haggadah, there's no place for him. Why? Because he was the shachin. This is way beyond the shachin. So I want to end with the bracha. I just heard this story two nights ago. Two nights ago. No, I heard it on Friday. So this, this, this woman comes to this big tzaddik and she's separated. There was, her husband ran away. And she comes to the big tzaddik and she says, I need you to, I, 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 I need you to get my husband back. I need you to do something. I need you to talk to him. I need you to get him back. Rabbi said, well, why did you, uh, why did he run away? She said, well, look at me. She was way overweight. She didn't take showers in a long time. She looked really nasty. She said, I, 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 I became a very ugly person. I don't take care of myself physically, bodily anymore. And he's very uh, disgusted with me. So he ran away. Well, I said, so, so what do you want me to do? So what can I, what, what, how can I help you? Right? Good question, right? Rabbi's a Mophis, but he's not a Mophis. He can't make Cinderella, right? Like, what are you going to do? So she looks at him and she starts to cry. And she takes a picture out of her pocket and she hands it to the rabbi. And the rabbi says, What are you giving me? And she says, This is a picture of what I looked like when we got married. It was stunning. Wedding gown, stunning. She said, I'm not supposed to be really looking at this stuff, but okay, what do you want me to do with this picture of you when you got married? Stunning. She said, could you give this to him? And the rabbi said, why? And she said, tell him to remember what I look like. When he married me. And tell him if he comes back. I will look like this again. The rabbi began to cry like a baby. And he said I'll do it for you. And she said rabbi. Why are you crying? And he said. 
by the Seder this Pesach. When my children are sitting around the table, all my little children, everyone dressed in their best, silver on the table, best china, the matzah, everyone smiling, everyone in the simcha, father dressed, pillows. I don't know if you have the pillows, we have pillows with beautiful embroidery. The beautiful, the only table you're ever supposed to put all your silver at is on your Seder table. He said, I'm going to turn to Hashem and say, I know we're separated. I know we're in Golos. And I know we're downright ugly. We're doing a lot of bad stuff. But Hashem, look at the Seder table. And it's Mamish this Zayan. And remember Yelet Shashuim. Remember Leif Teich Achimah Midbar. Remember the Puzzle. Remember that moment when Klai Yisrael was the most beautiful thing in the world to you. I promise you, if you come back, and El Yonami this year, when he comes to my table, it will be the El Yonami that's bringing Mashiach. I promise you, if you come back, we'll look again like we did that night in the deepest darkness of Mitzrayim. And that's the Kavlana that everyone is listening tonight. When you open the door to Shweich HaMoscha, you need to tell Hashem that it might be true that we, have, we lost our beauty. We're in Gullahs and we're kids are off the derech and non-Jewish music and movies and, and all the liberalism and leftism and garbage that we're being taught and that we're following and the assimilation and yeah, we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not showering. We're not taking care of ourselves at all. But a Kodesh Baruch Hu, remember what we used to look at, look like. And we promise if you come back, we'll look like that again. And that's Chos. This should be the Pesach, Shinigal, that will be redeemed. And Kleistro will march up to that Hara Maria and that look that I'm fascinated by, where God will look at us as the only ones in the world, and we'll look at him as the only one in the world. We should all have the push to see that in our day. Thank you very much. And I have a this way. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.